Hello there. You're listening to Manufacturing Tomorrow, brought to you by the Ohio Manufacturing Institute at The Ohio State University. I'm Katherine Kelly, your host. Today we are speaking with Ben Marsh, CEO of Scout Systems, a manufacturing software company that supplies machine learning, human, and process solutions to manufacturers. Their technology increases plant productivity, reduces defects, and includes an interface that reduces worker training time. Before Scout Systems, Ben held a number of manufacturing, mechanical, and applications engineering roles, including at Red Dot Seattle, Cascade Engine Center, and VaporCore. His bachelor's degree is in mechanical engineering from Santa Clara University, and he has earned a black belt in Lean Six Sigma. Ben, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. What industry needs are you working to address at Scout Systems? Who are your primary customers? Sure. Uh, the two main needs that come to focus is there's an enormous labor uh, deficit in manufacturing. And a lot of manufacturers will look forward into automation and trying to look for opportunities that they can to help fill this void. What we're looking to do is to figure out how do we make manufacturers far more efficient at so that way they don't necessarily need to add the 10 to 15 percent more staff to their crews. Uh, but potentially maybe figure out how to eliminate 10 to 15 percent of the waste so that way their staff can be more effectively utilized. The second main focus that we look into is to help manufacturers become digital. Once they become digital, it unlocks a world of opportunities, more tools that they could utilize in their plant. But when companies are still stuck in a paper world, they have a lot of limitations of what kind of technology they can implement. And so predominantly the customers that we like to work with can be anything from the small to mid-size range. The customers that are a little bit more difficult for us to satisfy are the enormous companies that will already have a fleet of engineers that could probably build a custom home-built system for their own purposes. Yeah, and I've, I've, I've seen a few of those. So your yeah. software platform is cloud-based, but you yep. also use you utilize the hardware to capture the machine data. So uh, how are you using analytics to eliminate defects? Yeah. So what we do that's really unique is we do have a piece of hardware. Uh, and what makes that unique is having a cloud-based application doesn't have any control over the USB ports on your, uh, on your computer. So our hardware, it communicates directly to the computer, which is using uh, what we call our service application. This is this an, an encrypted file that allows the, uh, the files to come in directly or the communication from a machine. Then it uses the encryption and then parses that to our server. And by doing so, it makes it so that the uh, the stations that have our technology installed has both like this human input and then it has the machine input. And what we're trying to do is to basically utilize a machine learning algorithms to be able to understand a little bit more about the process. Not only is it just the signals or possibly the error codes that we're getting out of a machine, but we're also getting the feedback from the operators. And as we take both of these pieces of information, we're looking for deviations in a standard process. And when we see those deviations, we flag those as potential concerns to alert the operators to double check their work. And that can be customized for the customer? In a way, yes. So as we do the configuration for customers, we'll work with them to make sure that it fits their process as opposed to them adjusting to fit us. But ultimately, we're relying on the computers to learn. So every single customer system functions differently from another. Uh, in addition to the real-time reporting, how are you helping companies sift through the large quantities of data to provide insights into the operations? Oh, that's my that's my favorite place. Uh, so my background, as you said, I came from manufacturing and just the world of just tons of data to sift through would slow down me when I was acting as a manufacturing engineer. 
So inside our application, we try to utilize us Six Sigma. So we like to process all the data automatically. We like to clean it up and we flag the results in a way that it shows the engineers, these are the goods and these are the bad. We try to make sure that the way that we process the information, it's way, uh, it aligns with the traditional KPIs of manufacturing to make the engineer position more for implementing solutions as opposed to having to do all the math themselves. So a lot of smaller companies do not have the time or money to pursue operations technology solutions without a, a clear ROI. What do you see as the benefits of digital integration practices in general in manufacturing? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, there's an incredible opportunity for companies to gain that money back. Within our application, being a cloud provider, it's a software subscription. So companies don't have to pay a large upfront cost. Instead, they can uh, pay it down very small. It's only about a dollar a day per station that utilizes our equipment. Most companies will see their ROI uh, without exaggeration on the same day that they do their installation. And in terms of the uncertainty, how can they reduce that as they're pursuing these technologies? And what is your perspective on that? Well, most companies, they'll look at that long picture and they'll look at all the computers and the technology they need to play, put in place, and they might see a large upfront cost to going digital. What we recommend is for manufacturers to take the baby steps into this type of technology. Don't try to overhaul your entire factory. Uh, this is not uh, a product that would do well for that. This is very tied into your customer or your, your culture within your organization. So we usually recommend companies start with just a small area in their facility. Make sure it's not your bottleneck. Uh, that area is already too stressed. But instead, take a group of progressive operators and see if you can implement a change process that's maybe five, 10 stations deep. Then just get yourself acclimated to it. And then benefits to this is every single company is going to have differences. You're going to have your own issues that you're going to look to resolve. And then once you do the experiment for maybe two or three months, you'll have a really good understanding of, is this technology right for our application? What do we need to change about our company or our culture to be able to move forward in a digital fashion? And then you have your true calculations there. So that way, as you're looking forward to implementing more change throughout your facility, you're using concrete numbers as opposed to hypotheticals. Is that how you're you're handling the, uh, well, it's pretty much a wild, wild west out there with uh, the, the lack of standardization? I mean, when a company is trying to make a decision, you know, on, on how to set things up, I mean, it's to what, to whose standards? Yeah, that's, that's a big issue for me. Uh, when I go into a lot of facilities, companies will have these booklets. And if they're still paper, they'll have these just booklets of instructions. And that's what they think is the correct standard process. But when you go to the production floor and you talk to the operators, very rarely do they rely on those, those documentations as a standard process. It's more of a troubleshooting guide that they can reference, or they put it in position to make sure they appeal to the quality people. So when we're encouraging people to move forward into a standard world, it's very much a collaboration between the management and with the operators on the field. We recommend letting the operators be the people that design and then have the managers sign off to make sure that the processes that they're putting in place are satisfying their customer needs. But it, it very much needs to be an open relationship between both parties. Otherwise, when they try to push that standard process, it's either uh, riddled with error or it's something that the operators are going to push back on because it's not a tool they want to use. 
And do you have uh, an example of a, of a best practice, uh, you know, a particular a situation where, um, you know, you were able to, to go in and, and resolve this pretty readily? Yeah, I have lots of those. Um, one of the big ones that comes to mind was the way that a customer used instructions to benefit the life of their operators. And inside our system, because it's going completely digital, we are able to do analysis to show step-by-step step where your cycle times are. Not just that it takes, let's say, two minutes per unit to build a product, but we could tell you it's 30 seconds for the first step, 45 seconds for the second, and then break that analysis down for you further. And then we had a customer that was taking a look at their operators and they noticed that on one specific step, they got slower and slower during the course of the work order. And when the supervisor went to the floor to talk to the operator specifically about this, the operator pointed out that they were getting fatigue. They were doing a manual crimping operation. And during that step, they had to stand up and put pressure on the table to be able to, uh, to complete the crimp. This action was making the operator have uh, just a lot of stress in their shoulder, slow them down. They would have to stretch in the middle of the job. The manager did not see that until they were starting to be able to analyze those step-by-step -step procedures. When they worked with the operator, they invested, I think it was $300 into a battery-powered crimping tool. And from there, they were able to shave the cycle time down by 27 seconds, paying for the tool almost immediately. Benefits like this is what we see when we go completely digital, allowing the managers to now see what is it like, where is your variety of your cycle times, to see if there's potentially errors that your operators are not uh, passing along to management to make those improvements. Yeah, there's that, that first step is so hard, though. Oh, absolutely. You got to go somewhere, though. It must be really hard to, to convince companies to, to make that step, though. It can be. The hardest part about this one is just convincing companies that it is worth attempting change. We're so good at trying to claim to be lean, uh, trying to claim that we are progressive as an industry. But the reality is, is that there's technology we use on our daily lives at home that would be extremely powerful when we go into manufacturing. And moving from this paper world of having static content and having to do extra labor and data collection and data uh, entry. This is one of those opportunities for manufacturing to just attempt it. Start with a small area and see if it works, see if you're ready. Does Scout Systems technology help companies move toward predictive modeling specifically for the maintenance of machines or equipment? Yes, it does. Um, that's a big element of Scout. We're trying to put in uh, predictive modeling when it comes to machines, people, and processes as a whole. Uh, so we do work with companies internationally. Uh, by utilizing our system, we're not only tracking the true usage of the equipment, but we're also looking for things like drift. If we know the cycle time should be, at again, one minute, and we're noticing that it's slowing down periodically, it's giving us insight that potentially there might be something outside of the visibility of the signals that we're pulling from the machine that are leading to a slowdown and potentially a catastrophic failure. Uh, you claim that your equipment monitoring hardware can be integrated into both new and legacy machines. Uh, how does that work? So the, the hardware itself, we try to make it as simple as possible. We call it a, a universal signal interpreter. And it's, it's essentially digital pins, analog pins, and some continuity as well. The bulk of the logistics takes place inside the software. So the, the values that we input from machinery is coming in purely as a binary string of zeros and ones. 
But then inside the software, we're able to configure it to put um, an action item as to understanding what does that zero or what does that one mean. So when it comes to old equipment that doesn't have a computer processor, we're able to tie directly into uh, what we would call a value added signal. If it's a press break, it might be the the solenoid that is in triggering, or I'm sorry, the relay that's triggering the valves to open and close to allow the RAM to go up and down. And so when we see those actions, we're able to then extract that into a binary input. And then from the binary input, we can then say exactly what that action item is. On newer machines, it's much easier. Uh, with the PLCs, we could just pull uh, directly from them when those action items are taking place. Mm -hmm. But it gives companies the ability to put modern tracking technology on that legacy equipment. And you're doing this without any additional sensors, or are you using sensors? We do our best to keep the sensors to a minimum. Our goal is to be uh, minimally invasive on the machinery. It usually takes about 5 to 15 minutes to install on a piece of equipment, so there's minimal downtime. It just comes down to what is the value added of that action. So if it's a plasma, we're looking for how do we vet measure when the plasma is cutting product. Less of interest is when the gantries are just moving. And what are you seeing as the most common problems that companies are, are having with integrating their machinery? Oh, the, the biggest problem that companies are having is an obscene amount of waste that they were not privy to. Uh, a lot of times companies will believe that they have, let's say, an OEE or the overall effectiveness of their equipment of 70 to 80 percent. But they, they believe this because a lot of their metrics are incorrect. They might think that their performance speeds should be at this number, where in the reality is when you have data collection on every single job and every single cycle, you start to realize the true times of your production. And once you have that content and then you start to apply that to your your, uh, your production metrics, you will realize that there are some errors. Uh, sometimes, sometimes these errors can be 15, 25% larger than what you were anticipating. And as you have those issues, it gives you a very clear window of where your priorities need to be in order to improve your production process. As you mentioned at the beginning of our conversation, the manufacturing industry is struggling to fill empty positions as the silver tsunami of retiring workers hits. Uh, do you see the digital work instructions as a solution to this problem? I, I definitely do. Uh, we took a lot of pride into developing our platform to mimic the video game world that we're in. Uh, I hear manufacturers that will insult the next generation where they'll say that they just don't, they don't fit our mold. They're not the same. Where I see that as an opportunity where we have this generation that's entering the field with an incredible understanding of computer devices. And I see that as a skill set that we can adapt. And why isn't manufacturing making the processes mimic what the next generation comes to the table with? So what we're trying to do is to turn the, the traditional blueprints and the traditional concepts of a standard process to mimic that of what the next generation feels comfortable doing. And what we have seen is just a radical increase, or I should say a decrease in the training time. So as the operators can enter in a new place of work, they're able to download that content far more easily when they're embedded with the digital platform. And with a digital platform that can review their work as they're building, it prevents the need to have other senior employees have to essentially hold the hand of these newer workers. Can they build in the requirements from their customer? 
they can. So within our application, not only can you put in specific requirements such as maybe uh, barcode scanning parts, uh, taking measurements to verify that the product is within tolerance, there's digital signing. So you could go through and verify that these parts are in position first. Uh, there's gate checks where you could tie it into your test equipment and tools. Uh, the, the ability of going digital allows you to be as complex as you choose to be or as simple as you choose to be. Whereas if we go back to that, the paper world, we're limited to the tools that we have in place, and that is a single dimensional tool. So once companies go into this digital format, they have so many more opportunities that as soon as they have an issue that they want to resolve, it's just another element that they could just bolt onto an existing platform. Coming from a university and working with a, a number of, of uh, organizations and, and partners on uh, workforce development issues, what do you see as some of the skills that workers should have entering into this next generation manufacturing workplace? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Um, from the, the college perspective, as students are entering manufacturing, I see an incredible opportunity, uh, especially in the technical sector, as artificial intelligence and cobots become far more prevalent in manufacturing, I see that there's going to be new forms of jobs when it comes to data science, especially. Uh, from the scout perspective, we are working with multiple different manufacturers of tools and equipment and cobots to figure out how can we take what the human elements are doing and merge and integrate that further with uh, the robotic industry. So I think that if uh, young engineers or young students that are going into manufacturing are interested in data processing, learning your statistics, I think that would be a wise direction to get into. Um, for the technical elements, mechatronics, electrical engineers, there's, there's so much integration that's uh, great opportunities uh, to, to expand upon. I definitely second your your um, comment about the data analytics. Oh yeah, that that that's going to be growing quite a bit. I think that should be across the board. <laughs> I agree too. That's just between you and me. Yeah. Um, so, what's next for Scout Systems? Well, when it comes to the technology sector, I'm looking into the future of eventually adding in the wearable technology, but I think that's a ways away. Uh, in the short range, it's going to be expanding on that integration with other manufacturers. Right now, we're, we're doing a couple things when it comes to uh, smart tools and smart scales and measurement devices, where we'll be able to fully control those tools and embed them directly with our platform. Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much, Ben, for coming on the show. Of course. Well, thank you for having me.